Let's see. I think we should be good to go. <coughs> so, welcome guys to the Sweet Show. This is our first episode here. It's just me and Riley at the moment. Hopefully Sahil will join us eventually. But, uh, maybe not. The guy's busy. So, uh, hey Riley, how's it going? It is also good indeed, my friend. I, uh, I've spent all day recording the Fallout clips. Because I, uh... I was gonna do them last night, but I really had to rush editing the Loki video. It was like 10 minutes before midnight or something. But, um... Yeah. So, uh, we're just here to talk about Star Wars, I guess. I got this idea a few days ago for a kind of like Star Wars themed talk show. So, uh, here we are. It's very random. We don't really have anything planned. But we are indeed here. The bot has not posted our link in the Discord. Let me go do that. So, um, Riley, have you been up to anything interesting recently in the wild world of Star Wars? No? Nothing? That's... <laughs> Uh, Star Wars is pretty boring. Uh huh. I just realized that um, you were muted in my output of uh, of Discord. But hey, people can hear you now. That's fine. The most scuffed thing I've ever done. I think the bot's offline. That's why it's not linking. But anyway, so you said you you've been up to nothing. You not read any comics or anything? Well. Uh, I still want to catch up to War of the Bounty Hunters. Mm -hmm. So, I've read the um, I've read all of the Bounty Hunters. I've read all of the Darth Vader, and I'm working on the new Star Wars series now. I've gotten I've read the first two of those. I've read, and then I have to read Doctor After Doctor Afra Volume One, and then Volume Two. I see. Is that the, the, the mainline Star Wars? Did that restart in 2020 or 2021? 2020, I think, was the uh, technically the first issue. Yeah, no, it's definitely 2020. Gotcha. I know that the like 2015 until 2019, it ended, and I, I didn't know when the new one was starting. Let me just... I'm the only viewer. Wow. Well, hey, man. Success comes in small measure sometimes. There's also the fact that literally no one in Discord has seen the link because the bot is dumb. Uh, okay, so, um... <clears throat> we need a, a topic of conversation. Is there anything that you want to, uh, to pick before I say something? Uh, I've got nothing. Nothing at all. Okay, well I was thinking we could talk about uh, the sequels, prequels, and OT. Um, because recently I've been thinking about my favorite movies in general. Like, I really love them and I can... <laughs> no way. As soon as the bot... Are you kidding wow. me? <laughs> <laughs> the timing. Oh, I... 
Sorry for the double ping, boys. Sorry for the double ping. Bot's dumb. I'm very sorry for any of our Discord members that uh, got messaged twice. That bot is ridiculously slow. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, <laughs> crikey, double pings be like, welcome, crikey, welcome, Mach 3, welcome to the stream. So sorry about that double ping, the bot took like five minutes to send the link, so I did it myself. Um, yeah, I was just kind of thinking in a general sense about some of my favorite movies, um, and how I love them, and so many of them lack flaws. But then I was like, okay, but if I look really analytically at Lord of the Rings, uh, Gladiator, Alien, any of these movies, they're absolute classics and a lot of people regard them as being uh, masterpieces. But they still have flaws in them. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, Star Wars is a huge part of my life. I wonder what that will be like uh, if, I, if I analyze that. <clears throat> so I, uh, I was taking a look and I just realized, like, even my favorite Star Wars movie, which is Return of the Jedi, has so many flaws. And then I look at the sequels, I'm like, well, you know, compared to the things that I've just opened my eyes about with the other movies, it's not as bad as I thought, really. Guess I'm not sleeping then. <laughs> Mark 3, man, we, uh, we appreciate your support. Um, guys, we're not going to we be... Glad we can ruin your sleep schedule. Yeah, right? It's, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, no problem, Crikey, take care of yourself, man. So uh, we're not going to be answering any what-if questions or anything, you know, it's just, this is going to be a very viewer-oriented show, so eventually maybe we will, but we want to start off with a couple topics for conversation, get you guys involved, hear your opinions, um, and then later on, as we run out of things to talk about, we'll probably lean off of chat a bit more, take your suggestions on what to talk about and things like that. So, um, DJ Weirdo, Lord Gaming... Sanjay, welcome, my friends. I hope you're all doing amazing. And anyone who's watching the stream afterwards, hope you're doing amazing as well. Thank you for joining us and spending your time with us. But um, yeah, like I was saying, so I, I, I took that kind of deeper look at the movies I enjoy and the things that I'm into, and I realized it's really not as good as I thought. Like, I still really think Episode Six is an amazing movie. It's just nowhere near as good as I thought it was a week ago. So, um... What do you think about that, Riley? What's your, uh, w would you be willing to take a rewatch of Star Wars, but purposefully to find its flaws and stop putting things on a pedestal? Um, well, I try not to pay too much attention to the flaws of things unless they really, really stand out to me. Mm -hmm. Like, my, my least favorite thing about, um, Episode two is like uh Anakin's flirting skills. <laughs> but I'm I'm still able to look over that. Uh-huh. And um but like something like uh episode nine, how unplanned it was. Mm -hmm. Uh that's not a flaw that I can just look over. Right, but that's that's my point, right? You you're willing to look over episode two's flaws because it's a pretty good movie. You enjoy it more than episode nine. Like even if it wasn't planned and it was like, let's say the Palpatine thing, maybe that's one of your favorite Star Wars things ever, just because of how they did it. 
but you still don't appreciate that it wasn't planned. If it was a, a more enjoyable movie for you, you'd be willing to overlook the errors, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so my point like, is kind of, there's movies that I like and dislike, or maybe I just like one less than the other, but I, I took a more detailed look at all of them, and I found for everything that's good about them, there's a couple of things that are bad. You know, they all... For any criticism I've ever had of the sequels or anything, it's also present in the other movies. Like, I don't think, um... Like, there are definitely good parts to Episode Nine, mm -hmm. Even though it's my least favorite. Like, uh, I like how, uh, uh, Ben comes back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that sort of thing. And, um... Uh, I like seeing the the uh, Knights of Ren again, mm -hmm. but like, there's so many flaws that I can um, that are easy for me to pick out. That I, I'm not a big fan of it, but like with um, like I don't know, like a New Hope or something, mm -hmm. the flaws are less. Um, I mean, they're obviously there. But I feel like I have to look a little bit harder to find them. Right. Yeah. That's a uh, yeah. That that that's interesting because um on the Star Wars Tonight show uh, yesterday there was a guy who was um we were talking about the sequels and how they're not really as bad as people think um and uh, I was talking about. How George Lucas's movies had much more planning, but I, I kind of just said that at face value. I didn't um, go into the details of it. And so a channel called Two Star Wars Nerds, which since that stream I've checked out, they're pretty cool. Um, Two Star Wars Nerds replied to my comment saying, uh, well, George Lucas had three years between his movies and the sequels had two. Do you really think that one year would make as big of a difference and they wouldn't be as bad or as poorly planned? Um, but it turns out that as early as the beginning of 1970, George Lucas was already wanting to make Star Wars, and he was already kind of, he, he was planning to make it, he decided, I, I'm not ready yet, I don't have the capability, and so he made uh, THX 1138, um, his first kind of professional movie. Then again, 1972, 1973, he decided, okay, it's time, I want to do this thing properly. He decided, I don't have the talent yet, so he made American Graffiti. Um, and then ever since he finished that and kept going, he um, it, it's safe to say that he worked a very long time between 1973 and 1977 on the, um, the script for the Star Wars saga. He wrote the full kind of... Uh, I don't know exactly how many movies he broke it up into, but everything we have from episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, he had already scripted out. He had spent years refining it and rewriting it and making sure it was great. Um, and that's ultimately when he got the funding for the first movie, so he tried to condense it all together, which is why typically A New Hope is kind of a slower watch because it's introducing this world and it has all this world building and lore. Um, and then it really gets into the action like... 30 minutes to an hour into it. So, um... Uh, that's a good point, Mark III. Uh, Apocalypse Now, too. He was also uh, involved with that. So, um... 
as he was going through all these different projects, he was the entire time thinking about Star Wars. Obviously, it wasn't called Star Wars yet. He didn't have a distinct plan for it. Um, that's something that he spent years writing later. But um, he, he was really kind of planning things out from the beginning of his professional film career. Uh, if we just go from, let's be generous and say 1972 instead of 1970, uh, up until 1977, that's five years just for the first Star Wars movie, right? Uh, that's almost as much as the entire sequel trilogy, right? The sequels, there's two, two, and two years. That makes six. So George Lucas spent almost the entire length of the sequel trilogy just planning the first episode of Star Wars. Um, and I think that, you know, like I say, that comes down to Bob Iger. A lot of people want to point and blame a lot of different uh, people in Star Wars. Uh, but it, it was Bob Iger that made that decision to force a mainline movie, which is 7, 8, 9. Those are the main Skywalker movies. Uh, to force one of those out every two years to make back the money from their investment of buying Star Wars. Uh, they did make that money back. It was a good investment. But, obviously, there was not enough time allocated to the writers in the same way George Lucas had that kind of time. Uh, this was his huge passion and his huge interest for a very long time. And when he finally got to do it, he did it as well as he could. Whereas for the sequels, they only had a couple months each to write the movies. Uh, and all they had to go off of was the script of the movie that came before. You know, Ryan Johnson famously now, uh, or maybe infamously, wrote episode 8 only with the script and the rough first draft of episode 7, meaning there was a lot of stuff he was writing that was either cut out of the movie or changed um, during episode 7's production. Um, and I really think that just shines a light on why the sequel trilogy suffers with uh, its planning, its execution, you know, that's why I think it's important, in my opinion, to be able to and be willing to look at the old movies through a similar scope as we do the new ones, you know. Uh, Star Wars for like 20 years with this huge coveted thing, and sure there were people who didn't really like the prequels, but then there's also people like me and I believe Riley too who grew up with the prequels, um, and we, we, we really love them and enjoy them. Uh, there are going to be, be people like that for the sequels, but at the moment a lot of people aren't really happy with them. Uh, something a lot of people did, including our friend Star Wars Timeline, at first he didn't really like the prequels, but then he went back to it uh, a little bit later once he had read some of the Clone Wars content, once he, once he had watched the Clone Wars show, the original one, um, and the animated one, and he really found that he was much more interested in the era, but still he had issues with the movies which are perfectly valid and, you know, they're, they're valid criticisms. Um, I think we need to be willing to give the same chance that the prequels got to the sequels, and it really comes down to us as individuals choosing, you know, hey, I don't really like this movie, but it must have a lot of good redeeming points. Or going back in time to episode 4, 5, and 6 and saying, I really love this movie, but it's got to have some kind of flaws that I haven't noticed before, right? Um, there's a lot of cases where in the special edition or in, even in the original, there's just so much that's a little finicky about the OT because it really was kind of um, shoestringed together, I guess. It was made with a lot of hot glue. Um, it's iconic and it's revolutionary and it's amazing. 
just like Star Wars always is. Um, but at the end of the day, it still has its fair share of flaws. I just think that people are too nostalgic instead of being critically thinking, um, and, and they're not willing to look past that. So, something I've been kind of thinking about is that um, I feel like like 20 years from now or something, some period of time from now, I feel like I'm genuinely going to look back at the sequels and love them. Yeah. Because um, I feel like uh, the more, if they keep going past the sequels with Rey, I feel like I'm actually going to start to really like Rey as the character. Mm-hmm. And then I'll look back at the um, sequels with a more, more with more of a mindset that I do not hate the main character. Like right now, I really do not like Ray. There's mm-hmm. nothing that I think is good about her. But um, yeah, I feel like that could definitely be expanded or uh, changed. And like uh, like how Clone Wars made a lot of people change their opinion on the prequels i feel like something like that could happen for the sequels as well Mm -hmm. yeah uh definitely i i agree i really wish they would speed up a little with making some sequel era content i know we have some things like uh rangers of the new republic which was uh um shelved for the time being and then we also have i think uh the red red rogue squadron movie um which kind of like kind of bridges the gap i think but I really wish they would just go all out and make a sequel show. I guess they kind of did that with uh, Resistance, which I haven't had the chance of watching in full yet. Um, I've only seen the odd episode. But that was just like a one-time thing, and I think it was between seven and eight. and it, It's it less than a year time span. It's just so uh, pushed together. I would like them to do what the uh, the EU did, the Legends content did. I have it right next to me. Uh, there's the Thrawn trilogy, there's the Jedi Academy trilogy, which focuses on Luke Skywalker basically becoming this legendary Grand Master and teaching uh, his knowledge and going through different trials and tribulations uh, with his students. I think they should do what they did back in the OT, which is, okay, instead of focusing so much on what came before, let's leave that to people like Dave Filoni, back then leave it up to George Lucas for making episodes 1, 2, and 3. Um, instead of focusing on what came before, let's make something after, right? There's the, I think they're called the Legacy series of comics, which is like 100 or 200 years after Episode 6, which is like Luke's great-grandson. They could take that approach, but I would much rather they focus on creating future-based content of, okay, maybe people don't like this character, let's turn her into someone awesome, respectable, who has a meaningful story, um, you know, I, I'd like to see them go in that direction. Hmm. Uh, um, I'm just gonna say so, hello to everyone in chat: Devran, Lolbit, Revan, uh, Nolan, Jaja, Gaming with Fire. Thank you guys for coming by. Uh, we really do appreciate you. So, I would like to propose a uh, topic change. Sure. Um. So, if we do start seeing more uh, movies and or shows, uh, or anything really after episode 9, where do you want, uh, like, Ray and Finn's story to go, and, like, um, 
any of the other characters introduced, really. Sorry, can you repeat the last part of the question? So where do you want, like, Ray's and uh, Finn's and Rose's stories to go not after um, episode 9? Uh, well, I want them to do what they did in the Lego Holiday Special, um, which is have Ray. Maybe there can be a kind of relatable story of like parenting in a way. Uh, she was trying to teach Finn, but she felt very inadequate, and she went on this huge epic search for new information. Um, but ultimately, she just had to look within herself and try and relate to Finn a bit more as a student, which she once was. Um, and then Finn, you know, he's in training to become a Jedi. There, there's a lot of things that, you know, this is mentioned by Gaming with Fire in the chat. He says that he thinks that if the main character was Finn and Rey was more of a side character who had force abilities, it would have been more interesting. I agree with that. However, I'm not just mad about, well, I'm not mad at all. I'm not just kind of upset about... Uh, the fact that they didn't go the way I would prefer, it's more so that the way they did go could have been a lot more polished, right? And that's, like I said, that's what it really comes down to. Uh, everything we love have flaws, we just notice it more in the things we aren't presently enjoying at the most. Um, so I, there are a lot of different ideas that I have, and there are a lot of different ways the stories could go. Um, like I said, my main thing is imitating the, uh, the Jedi Academy trilogy, where we have this kind of grandmaster, or maybe Rey settling into the shoes of a grandmaster, going through the paces, teaching students, and kind of rebuilding the order. Um, because the one reoccurring theme in Star Wars is that nothing is forever. There is this kind of cycle that goes on in the Force um, between the Jedi and the Sith, and they're never truly gone forever. Um, whether they have to deal with a Sith threat, or like in Legends they had the, the Yuzhong Vong, whatever kind of threat they're dealing with, I think they can still have something in the sequel era that is extremely interesting, and then the further they choose to stray away from that, that could also be very interesting as well. Hello to T-Rex Plays, my cousin James, he's getting mad that I didn't mention his name. Hello there. Um, so, oh, I'd really like to see um, Ray start up a some sort of academy. Mm-hmm. And um maybe like uh I I really want to see something with Broomboy. Like I really, really <laughs> need his story to be continued <laughs> in some way. Really. And uh so it'd be cool if he was some sort of uh student or something there. And then maybe she tries to teach Finn to something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought about it too much, but I thought it was a good uh, question to ask you. The future of uh, Broom Boy, in particular. <laughs> the, uh, I, I will say, you know, uh -huh. we had that whole. You're talking about the question you already asked me, right? And then you're just talking about Broom Boy is cool. Yeah, no, no, no. I was saying, like, after episode nine, you want to see Ray start a academy and then mm -hmm. have, like, um, Broom Boy be a student there. Mm hmm. Or just anything, like, just continue a story somehow. Yeah, um, I don't necessarily think that he's supposed to be uh, an important character, or even a character that re-emerges in any way. 
but it would without any doubt be very interesting if they took that route and especially you know like i said there's the opportunity of maybe he grows up and he decides to seek assistance or training from a jedi or something like that like he could be the next character and then ray is kind of like um this elder who is giving him wisdom you know um there's a lot of different ways they can take it and all of them could be great they just have to be willing to do what people aren't excited for you know they brought the martez sisters back people were like oh not again i was like oh okay they got some character development that's looking pretty cool you know they really got to give things a, more of a chance so um also just to expand on something you said earlier sure. about um resistance mm -hmm. uh I, I watched it once like over a year ago and uh, i actually thought it was pretty good i mean obviously it's intended for children like even more so than the clone wars or bad batch but mm -hmm. um I, I overall i thought it was entertaining uh, but it didn't really it didn't add much to the sequels i don't think like yeah. Kylo Ren was in one episode, I think. Phasma was in one or something like that. And, yeah, it's, um, to my understanding, it takes place shortly before The Force Awakens, during The Force Awakens, and then it ends just before The Lost Jedi, which is like a year, a year and a half of uh, content that they can cover, and there's just not a lot there, really. Yeah. It yeah. kind of feels like its own separate thing. Yeah. Um... If you're wondering why we're talking about the sequels it's in the name this is a talk show we're talking um so uh we're just talking about different things if you guys have a conversation you would like us to hold then you can leave that recommendation but uh until then we're just going to go back and forth and i think we're doing pretty well so far uh agent siobhan i just want to say hello to you thank you uh, i'm happy you like our videos hello hello there seamus appreciate you uh, Seamus says, Why, but... hmm? go ahead, uh, says, I just rewatched The Lost Jedi a few days ago, and it's much, much better than I remembered. That's not to say I loved it, but I appreciate the story. It's definitely my favorite sequel. I agree. Um, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people, whether they love or hate something, a lot of the time it's based on memory or nostalgia. And uh, if you go into a more detailed or focused mind, right? Like I can sit down and watch Iron Man, and I love it. Amazing movie. Very few flaws. But if I turn on my analytical mind, they do exist. Um, so yeah. What were you saying, Riley? Um, I've forgotten. Oh no. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm amused that um, Sahil was supposed to join us. And he's literally just on Do Not Disturb, ignoring everything we've said. Yeah, ever since a few days ago, he's on Do Not Disturb all the time. I'll send him a message, he'll reply the next day at like 2am. It's like, I need you to pick a thumbnail right now, this is really important. No. Don't reply. Obviously. Yeah. That's why I put the the weeb and the weeblet thing, the thumbnail for the manga, I put that in the Swede group chat. Because he didn't reply. Mike, say hello there in an Obi-Wan voice. Uh, I can't do an Obi-Wan voice, but I'll try just for your entertainment. Um, hello there. Oh, yeah. Terrible. That was terrible. Hello there. No, it's not happening. Uh, talk about the retcons, please. So earlier, Nolan asked, um, can, you, can you talk about 
um, Rex not being where he was in the Ahsoka book, right? So in the Ahsoka book, um, I believe what happened, I'm, j I'm just going from memory, I need to reread that book. I believe what happened is they were on the battlefield, they were fighting, Order 66 happens, and then Rex and Ahsoka, they kind of, they fake each other's deaths, and they go their separate ways, and as, as far as I remember, Rex was kind of like a scavenger for a while, just kind of getting by. They were both very much, I think, in the shadows, right? They weren't really being too active for a while. Ahsoka was hiding out for years before she became Fulcrum in Rebels. Um, whereas in here, the Bad Batch, again, has retconned that, at least to my knowledge, and they've said, well, hey, you know, he's not really on the, the hideout or anything. He's not really scavenging. Instead, seemingly, from the, the ending of the last episode, it seems like he's already in the fight. You know, he, he's like, copy, there, co copy that, I'll be there, or something like that. He's talking to someone and receiving some kind of order. Um, it seems like he's still in the fight, and then, you know, um, Hunter from the Bad Batch is like, if you ever need us, you know, just give us a call and we'll be there. Um, so it seems like Rex is already in the fight against the Empire, which uh, is not what happened <laughs> uh, beforehand in the existing canon material. So, uh, personally, I don't like any kind of retcon, but, you know, they're gonna do what they do. They've shown in the first episode they don't really care. Um, yeah, do you think, uh, do you think E.K. Johnston is, like, she's, like, uh, uh they had her, they, like, they probably literally asked her to write this, a Soka novel covering after season six. Mm-hmm. And now they've just retconned more and more of it. Yeah, there's I think a, she's like upset about that. She's gotta be, dude. Like, there's probably over a third of the book now that's just completely useless. <laughs> like you could Yeah. Like the, at least. The main issue for me too is like they're charging the full price. I looked on Amazon, it was like twenty bucks for the book, still. That's how much I almost bought it for when it came out, like five years ago. Um they're charging full price and they're printing the full amount of pages. Like they're still actively printing it even though it's not canon anymore, but it has the canon label. Like, the least you could do is reduce the price tag a little and cut out the pages that are irrelevant, because now a Star Wars fan is going to pick it up, they're going to read it, and then if they watch Bad Batch or... Well, yeah, Bad Batch so far, if they, if they watch that, it's completely non-existent. None of that stuff that they just read happened at all. So... Hello there, Anna, uh, Grandmaster. Welcome to the stream. Hope you're all doing well. So, uh, Revan asked if we were Jedi, uh, what kind of lightsabers and colors would we have? I like this question. Uh, you can go first if you want. Um, well, I've thought about it a lot. And, uh, well, if I, if I had a choice... I would definitely use um, dual bladed because it just seems to be just seems to have a lot of advantage in combat. Like the speed at which you can swing it compared to a single blade, it seems way faster. Mm -hmm. um, for color, I've thought about this a lot. I changed between blue and green. Me too. I'm not really sure. I could really fit either of them. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, so for me, it's definitely a single blade. You know, I, I have a little bit of experience using uh, uh, 
pole. You know, we had like uh, street classes when I was younger, and we didn't really have like professional equipment. It's just like you, you put on these pads, here's a pole, go at it. Um, it's definitely more fluid, I guess, to use that. But for someone of my stature, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty thick boy. I'm like, I'm like six three. I'm like 200 pounds, you know, I don't think I'm going to do much Short. agility. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually two feet tall, by the way. Um, I'm way taller than you, I'm only 5'7". Uh-huh, gosh, man, putting me to shame here on live. Um, but yeah. Make you look tiny. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to achieve much agility with that longer blade and with the, the jewel blade, right? I'm not going to achieve much with that, whereas someone who's shorter and more agile, they could... Be like a ballerina and cut off all my limbs so i definitely go with that single blade i'll be more of like a darth bane kind of fighter where like i'd, I'd be very much kind of forcing my way through the engagement using my strength to my advantage um and again same as riley uh, i would have a a, a light dark a, a light dark i'd have a a light brown couldn't find the the word i'd have a light brown brown yeah jedi robe bro I'd oh, I thought a, you could say blade. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm going low baka in this thing, man. Uh, I'd have like a light brown instead of dark brown uh, Jedi robe and hood. And I think that works with any color, uh, especially green and blue. Uh, blue is my favorite color. But I think recently in the last couple of years, I've been really going for green. Green looks really cool on Jedi. Um, so yeah, I'd probably pick green. Oh, I'm not. I'm not picking the color based on how cool it looks. I'm picking it on like, if we're would going, I fit better as a knight or a consular? If we're going lore, I fit better as a knight. I'd go blue. Honestly, if we're going lore, I feel like I'd be like purple or something. Mm. You would be but Mace Windu. I'm, I'm not worthy of that. <laughs> so I think, um... I think I'd be a green, honestly. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, this is something you might know about. I haven't heard of it personally. Uh, MK3 says, your reactions on Marvel stealing Star Wars fan art and putting it in comics? I've heard nothing about this. Would you mind uh, emphasizing on that? Expanding on that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, I, I have seen a video from Eckhart's Ladder. I think it might have been one of the visual dictionaries or something. Um, they completely ripped a fan. I think it was from Twitter or Instagram. A fan made this cool concept art of uh, a, a Star Destroyer, I think. And like the rear engine specifically, like all the mechanisms and how it works. And they just like copy pasted it in the visual dictionary with no credit or no payment. Um, so yeah. I, uh, I don't know about comics, but I know for sure that uh, they, they've done some sketchy things, man. They have. MK3 is Mark III. I'm well aware. It's the third Toyota Supra design. Well, I, I don't know anything about cars. Other than the movie Cars. They have some cool cars in Cars. I know who Lightning McQueen is. Yeah, it's uh, the greatest animated protagonist of all time. He's my favorite anime character. Absolutely. Corey, get out of this house, man. Um, so, <laughs> we have a couple answers from the people in chat here who gave their colors. I apologize for the construction you might be able to hear in the background, guys. Um, 
So I can hear it. Yeah. Uh, Seamus says he would go with a violet or green lightsaber. Very unique. Uh, he would definitely only use a single blade. Uh, and Gaming with Fire says, I honestly think I'm more of a knight and would choose a blue lightsaber. I'll probably use a curved hilt for my lightsaber for the comfort. Yeah. So, um, the... <laughs> okay, Mark III just said the, the funniest thing ever. Um, we'll get to that in a second. So, uh, I would probably use a curved hilt just because I know from experience that wielding a blade with a straight hilt is fine. But if you're more of kind of a an agile guy, like a curved blade allows you to just move it easier, basically. You can rotate the entire saber with just flicking your wrist a little bit, um, which is the way that Christopher Lee fences and the way that his character Christopher, uh, his character Christopher, his character uh, Count Dooku uh, also fights in Star Wars. Um, if I was going for that kind of like I said, that agile approach, that's what I would go for. You have to be really on your feet. It's less about the combat and more about the footwork. You can manipulate your own opponent's blade if you just kind of work your way around them with your feet. But um, like I was saying, for my strength build, I'd have to go for a normal lightsaber. Maybe one that's a little longer, just for that, that extra stopping power of being able to comfortably put both of my hands on it, have that room to breathe typically the lightsabers of what like 12 inches maybe 16 inches for the hilt something like that uh, i don't know how to measure things clearly that's a big range uh, but you can barely fit both of your hands on without getting your hand cut off by the laser so i'd have one a little longer um and then just i could use both my hands like a traditional katana so um interesting yeah i um, like that like the Anna called us Star Wars expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye, Anna. Thank you for coming by. That's not our name, though. <laughs> We're Star Wars Explored here. But thank you, Anna. We appreciate you. Um, so, as Mark III has wisely enlightened us, uh, we're not going to ignore the fact that Mike Wazowski is a failed Yoda clone. That's actually a theory coming soon to our channel. It's about a two and a half hour long documentary, and uh, we're really getting into the lore of uh, Wazowski. Anyway, it's, um, you forgot to mention it's actually a documentary series. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. The first yeah, part sorry. is two and a half hours. Yeah, all of the other parts are about fifteen each. Yeah, um, a lot of lore there in the Monster Wars verse. Sweet. Um, so Lolbit has an interesting thing here. If we connect their messages together. They say that at the end of the Bad Batch, when Rex is talking to someone, he's like, copy that, I'll be there, whatever. Uh, Rex may have been talking to some clones who also disobeyed Order 66. Uh, I don't know how likely that is. I think it's more like maybe he saved some of them. Um, that's definitely interesting. They say also that maybe Rex is building some kind of clone rebellion himself. And then the Rebel Alliance gets formed and Rex and maybe his clone rebellion join the Rebel Alliance some years later. That's a very interesting thought. Uh, incredibly interesting, actually. I really like the way that that's going uh, in your mind. However, as far as we know, both in the Ahsoka book and in the Star Wars Rebels show, that's impossible. Um, again, they seem to not really care about the book, so maybe that's fine. Um, but in the Rebels show, it's the vibe that we kind of get from them is that um, Ahsoka, the main kind of Jedi running the Rebellion, 
hasn't seen Rex forever, like since they parted ways. And then um, there's also the fact that, you know, Rex is there with uh, Gregor and Wolf, and they seem to have been out of action for a very long time. They've overgrown their armor and, and things like that. It's a very cool theory, but there's one thing we do know, and that's they're not trigger happy about decanonizing shows. They're willing to do it for books and comics, apparently, which is dumb, but they seem to be unwilling to do it for shows, especially Dave Filoni doing it to his own show. I don't think that's very likely, but if they somehow take that idea and uh, make it fit, it would definitely be very interesting. I haven't watched Bad Batch. You're missing out. You really need to watch it. It's very good. Uh, like everything, oh, has its flaws. Yeah. Dude, in our in our podcast, so this is like a, a rebrand of our podcast, by the way, guys. Like I decided to do like a weekly talk show where there can be any number of people and it's all live. Um, rather than recording something, spending a long time editing the audio and it's still not perfect, and then you know, silly stuff like that. Um, this is like a reboot of the the Sweet Boys podcast, and it's now the Sweet Show live talk show. Um in that podcast, if you remember, if you've watched it, Sahil was like, you know what, at first I wasn't really interested, but then the second trailer came out, I was really hyped, man. I'm really looking forward to the Bad Batch. He's only seen episode one. <laughs> he's not excited at all. Anytime something happens, he's mostly fine with getting spoilers. We tell him, he's like, oh, that's dumb. I'm not watching it this week. That's been happening for the past, like, six weeks. So, yeah. Um... Nolan, we can quickly touch on this. I think we may already have a video out, or maybe I forgot to make it and I should make it soon because I forgot to make it. Um, he says, Lama Sue lets the Bad Batch escape in episode one. Why do you think she did that? I don't think she cares about the Bad Batch in any way, shape, or form. My theory is that she really loves and cares about Omega. Uh, she seems very disgruntled and unhappy when Nala say, well, I'm sorry. Isn't Nala Se the female assistant and Lama Su is the prime minister? I... No, Tan Wei is the prime minister. Really? Well, anyway. Nala Se, I think, is the medical one. I think Lama Su is the assistant or whatever. Okay, I don't well, know. seemingly we're a little up and down on their hierarchy, but I do know that uh, Nala Se, she's the female. She's the one that's letting uh, Omega go. Um, she hits the controls to kind of open the, the thing. Um, Nala Say, in my opinion, kind of cares about Omega. She wants her to be safe. And when we have that conversation between Lama Su, he's kind of like, uh, you know, in order to stay in business, this is our lost hope. We need to uh, we need to bring the clones back, but we only really need one of them. Let's go get Omega, basically. Um, that's the general gist of what he said. And uh, Nala Se seemed very kind of like not happy about that, but she couldn't directly tell him because that would be like disobeying a superior, right? My theory on that is that maybe, and I, I think it's fairly likely, maybe Nala Se is going to very carefully and methodically trip up Lama Su as he's trying to bring Omega back, right? Maybe we get into a scenario where instead of having the clone rebellion on Kamino, like Kamino versus the, uh, the, the Kaminoans versus the Empire, I have a secondary theory if that doesn't happen, and that is maybe the Kaminoans will have an inner conflict and have a civil war between themselves. 
right? Insofar as we know, at this point in canon, nothing has happened between the Empire and the Kaminoans after the Bad Batch. Uh, meaning that anything we see in there has to be it. That has to be the end of the Kaminoans. Um, I'm starting to think it's more likely that Nala Se will rebel rather than the Kaminoans themselves rebelling against the um, against the Empire, right? Because if they go against the Empire, they know they're going to die. That's why they haven't done it yet. Uh, when Tarkin was there inside of their facility, they could have ended him right then and there. They had all the manpower to do so, but they didn't. They knew they wouldn't be able to get away with it. Even someone relatively as small as Tarkin at this point in the Empire, he's just starting out, the Empire itself is just starting out. He's not someone super duper unbelievably vital in the eyes of the greater galaxy. I don't think the, Darkin the Tarkin doctrine had even been put into effect yet. He is not yet known as this huge uh, ominous figure around the galaxy. Therefore, that's the prime time for them to take him out. And they didn't. I think that they know they can't go against the Empire, so they might go at it between themselves. You know, one side, Lama Su, he just wants profit, he just wants to, uh, to, to do whatever is best for basically his company, I guess, he wants the most profit. Whereas Nala Se, she's much more human, she's a more kind of uh, uh, emotional thinker rather than a logical thinker, right? Uh, she thinks and feels about Omega instead of just thinks. Um, I think that if there, if we're going to see some kind of inner conflict, it's going to be between the Kaminoans rather than the Kaminoans and the Empire, which that's a video I was supposed to make a theory on, but I've just checked and it's still in the Trello board, so I haven't done that yet. Uh, uh, do you want to answer the uh, what form would you use? Uh, sure. Uh, I would probably use mm, Gemso, but there's also like if, if I was gonna go that traditional kind of agile approach, obviously Makashi is the go-to. Um, but I think if I'm going for that kind of strength-based thing, I would want to use Gemso because or she and Gemso, um, because that's just a really kind of like brute force kind of form. It's it's more. I feel like it's the best form that kind of plays into your strength, um, and that's ultimately why Anakin was a huge practitioner of it. Um, when he had those little dark side moments, he would typically use, I believe at least, Gemso, and he would kind of play into that strength that he gained um, to overpower his enemies like he did with Dooku. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my answer. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but... Um... I think probably uh, Juyo Form Seven, because mm -hmm. I remember that being. Um, I really like uh, Maul's fighting style, and I think that was his primary form. Mm -hmm. Besides that, I really do not know as much as much as much about the forms as I should. There's a uh, a book you can get. I've been meaning to get it, but in the UK it's very expensive. I don't know what it's like abroad. Uh, it's called the Jedi Path. And I think that has a detailed section of all the different forms and stuff. I think that's mainly like a, it's kind of like a, a source book on how to be a Jedi in the Star Wars universe. I think the, the Book of Sith and the Jedi Path, I, I feel like they're 
maybe in-universe books like it's if an in-universe jedi read that then they'd be good to go so i think it's very kind of lore packed with a lot of information um about that kind of stuff So, um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, K-pop Times. I, I do think there's going to be an internal conflict between the Kaminoans, and I'd be very interested to see what is going on with Nala Say and what her intentions really are. I'd be very interested to see that. Uh, maybe a little bit, but, you know, like I said, at this point in time, Ahsoka, she's on a completely different wavelength in life, and, um, the Ahsoka novel already has her story plotted out. Unless they're gonna do something really brave, which is to decanonize the entire novel, then Ahsoka can't be doing anything for a very long time. Um, and I hope they stick to that, because it was a much more inspiring story. She was kind of hiding out, she was kind of pretty depressed about the Jedi thing, um, and all the clones turning but then she was like you know what uh, they're, they're, I'm not going to spoil the story it's a good book you should read it someone came there and she was like you know what I'm not going to let these people oppress my people you know like the people she has scavenged around with and hung out with she's like I'm not going to let this happen I'm going to stand up against this kind of injustice right um, and she, she battles this person she defeats them and that is how she gets back into the fight Excuse me, and I believe it's a few years before Rebels, maybe. Um, so yeah, I really hope it's not Ahsoka. I hope she has nothing to do with this, because I prefer that story to her being instantly back into the fight. I think that's really not doing her character justice. Is the 501st journal canon? No, it is not. It is Legends. I agree with you, K-Pop Times. Bad Batch number 7 was very good. Um, you know, I had a pacing issue with it. I think it needed more time to breathe. But as an episode, I thought it was really good, really enjoyable. I give it like an 8 or 9 out of 10. Um, I don't know who... Um, I don't know who Rex was contacting. But like, at the very most, then I... I at the very most, it's clones, right? I'm okay with it being maybe one or two little clones who Rex has saved. I'm not okay with it being a full squad. I'm definitely not okay with it being Ahsoka. Um, I'm okay with it maybe being like Bail Organa or some early rebels or something like that. I'm not okay with it being Ahsoka. No, Nolan, it's not canon anymore. Uh, it also wasn't really canon back then. They, they specially made that for the game and to tie in well, but it was never part of George Lucas's canon. Um, and it's not canon anymore. You know, unless it was made after or published after 2014, then it's not canon. So, you really like Bad Batch 7? Yeah, it was very good. It was very solid. Clone Trooper, the best name in existence on this channel. Welcome to the stream. How are you doing? I hope you're doing amazing. Welcome to the show. I gotta get into a habit of saying that. You're sorry you're committed to Order 66? You know what, Clone Trooper? I believe that's a phase one. I can't really see it. it's white on white and I have a, a flux filter on, but I believe that's phase one. Just for that, I'll, I'll let you go. It, it's all right, buddy. It's okay. Uh, 
Um, I don't know anything about that game with fire. I don't know anything about Vitiate or the Sith Empire or anything like that. So, I do not know. <laughs> Mark III. Yeah, I, uh, you know, that was, that, like I said, that was my main theory, basically, of uh, the Kaminoans trying to uprise and then the the clones going at him and taking him out alongside Boba Fett. But, um, wow, sorry for the background noise. Um, the, there was a lot of, uh, things that wouldn't necessarily fit. Uh, Darth Revan, no problem, Riley, by the way. <laughs> Riley just realized he was muted. Um, what Star Wars opinion of yours has changed the most over time? I love the sequels now. I hated them when they came out, right? I want to tell you guys a story, right? I'll try and make it as quick as possible, even though it, it's a story that took me like five years or six years, actually. Um, so I'll try and make it into a couple minutes, right? Um, episode five came out. It was the first movie in a long time that I was going to see in the cinema. I was really hyped, but my friends couldn't go. I was like, OK, you know what? Fine. I won't go either because I, I, I'm not a fan of going to these experiences by myself. In general, I'm not really a fan of the cinema, you know, like people snoring, people just people eating like I, I'm not a fan of that experience in general. But the whole idea was going with my new friends. You know, we'd only been friends for a couple of years at that point. This is our first real chance to bond over something we all love. Star Wars, huge deal. And then they all had a rain check. I was like, eh, whatever. I, I, it's not that important to see it the day it comes out. I'll see it later. Um, I didn't get anything spoiled for me about that movie other than the existence of the characters, you know, like on posters and stuff like this person exists, this droid exists. Um, I didn't have anything spoiled for me. It came out, watched it, um, and I was like, eh, you know, it was okay. I don't really think this is going to go anywhere amazing, but it was fine, right? Um, episode 8 came out. I was really heavy into Star Wars youtubers at the time this is star wars theory he had made his channel after i got into this whole scene right so um i started watching like star wars explained i i believe the stupendous wave might have started when the movie came out somewhere around then um so like i, I was watching these youtubers watching these lore videos these theory videos very interesting stuff and then this new guy started star wars theory and he had a crazy theory right crazy theory that uh that snoke he had two snoke was palpatine snoke is plagueis they were both very interesting to me um, and i was like you know what this is cool let's get into it let's see what this guy's all about and then he became one of the biggest star wars youtubers of all time within his first few months um very uh quick rapid growth and the main reason why is because he made his name star wars theory so when people looked up star wars episode 8 theory or something like that his channel was always number one. Um, that's why a lot of the channels you see now, there's a channel called like Star Wars Lore. Um, that was originally going to be our name. And then I realized too many people had it. And the number one channel was like 10 or 20K subs or something. I think they've grown since then. Um, but that was my whole idea of like, it's a really cool plan so that, you know, if someone searches for Star Wars Lore, you're going to be number one. That's cool. Um, I made that name. I, I thought it was a great idea, but I didn't research ahead of time. And there were like 10 million channels with that name. I was like, okay, Star Wars Explored. We'll explore all the different parts of Star Wars. Um, but I, I didn't make that channel to 2020 because in 2016, I was going to make a channel. I was really into it. But again, this is, I, I have really bad social anxiety. I'm, obviously, I've gotten over it quite a bit now. 
But back then, it was so bad, I couldn't do anything without my friends, and they were very untrustworthy people. <laughs> very unreliable, right? Um, so I, I was going to do this channel, I was going to do it with my friends, we're going to have a fun time. Didn't happen. Because my friends weren't really... They're like, they're not ride or die kind of friends. If we have an idea, they're not like me, they're not going to spontaneously do it and stick to it. They'll say they'll do it, and then on the day it's meant to happen, nah, they're gone, right? Um, so I was going to do the channel, I was like, ah, I really don't want to do this alone. I don't want to sit in front of a, a screen by myself. Um, I, I'm not into this, right? So I didn't do it. Uh, episode 8 came out, really didn't like it. I was one of those people who, at the time, I was a very verbal hater of the movie. But I could understand that the people, they did the best with what they got. It's not the actor's fault. The movie was just bad, right? That was my view at the time in 2017. Um, then, 2017... Uh, I'm sorry, it might have been 2018 celebration happened. And um, I believe there was some kind of... Something push... It might have been leading up to the event something happened. Or maybe at the event itself, Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran was not there. Right? Something like that happened. And I was like, wow. You know, she's totally off social media. She's not even at this huge event. What the heck happened? And then I googled it. And I found all these stories of, um, of people hating on her, sending her death threats, being racist, you know, telling her just awful, terrible things. Just because they didn't enjoy a movie. That was the first time that I sat there... I looked at that, I thought, what a bunch of complete morons, right? What a bunch of idiots. I can't believe that I have ever vocalized my dislike for that movie on the same platform, on the same group chats as these complete idiots. Bottom of the barrel, human garbage. That's what they are, right? That was my, the, my, my thoughts at the time. I didn't bother rationalizing. They're terrible people. I'm going to go, I'm going to buy that movie, I'm going to watch that movie as many times as I want just to make sure that their opinions are worth nothing, right? I ended up buying the movie like 10 times, even though I still didn't really like it. I wasn't really into it, I was just there to support the actors, to support Disney, they're doing their damn best. I already knew at the time that there was this terrible two-year limit of like, you have to make this movie in two years. I was like, this is stupid, right? Um... So I kept supporting it, I kept buying it, and then over the time of owning all these different copies, the 4K version, you know, all this different uh, exposure to it, I rewatched it, and then I rewatched it again, and then I rewatched episode seven, and then episode nine came out, I rewatched the other ones. I was like, this is really not that bad. A lot of the issues I had, they've either been fixed in books or comics, which is, by the way, an argument a lot of people make is I shouldn't have to read a book or read a comic to understand everything. That's a dumb, like, I, I understand if you just want to sit down and watch a movie, that's completely fine. But unless you're willing to open yourself up to plot holes, you shouldn't be watching Star Wars, right? Episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 all have plot holes that are um, explained either in the director's commentary, which is not canon, or um, in their own novels, in their own comics, in their own video games. These things get explained over time. Right? So a lot of the complaints about the sequels is just people not willing to give it a chance the way they did the old stuff. Because like I said at the beginning, you know, it's all about nostalgia. It's all about uh, thinking with feelings, not with thought. Uh, which is the opposite of a Bad Batch, which is why it's funny to me. Um, so, yeah. The, it, it came out, I was really kind of like slowly enjoying it. And then I read the novelization recently, um, a, m a month or two ago.
and I realized so much about what I initially thought about this movie and even what I think at the time, like a month or two ago, was so wrong, like just so unbelievably false. My interpretation of the movie was nowhere near what the movie actually was, right? And I realized, like that's, that's the moment where it clicked for me and I realized that's the same for every Star Wars fan. Every Star Wars fan who, in, who, who watches a movie is going to interpret it in their own way. It's simply a matter of being willing to admit that your interpretation of Leonardo da Vinci's artwork is not objectively what that artwork means, right? He might have had some writing on the back explaining what it means, but you were too busy saying, oh my god, it's a naked lady, terrible, right? Like, your own interpretation of something is never the truth, I promise you. You have to be willing, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, it was hard for me to watch the movie for a second time, The Lost Jedi. Really didn't like it. I thought it was awful. I, I fell asleep almost. It, it was un unenjoyable. But I sat down and I told myself, give it a chance. You don't know every single thing about this movie, everything about the behind the scenes. There are still books and comics coming out. Mike, give it a chance. And I did. And like I said, over, over time, it's become a favorite movie of mine. Um, I love it. There's a lot of things I love more than it and less than it in Star Wars, but I think it's pretty damn good. Even if you go through that whole process and still decide this isn't for me, at the absolute minimum, you will have an understanding that your interpretation of X, Y, or Z simply was not true. Even if you still don't like it or don't enjoy it, you will at least be able to comprehend why was that decision made, what was the time frame, was this someone put under pressure, um, why did this character end up this way, and what's in store next, right? It's not necessarily the end of the book just because the chapter's over. Uh, and you really have to be willing to open yourself up to that, even with the risk that you might still hate it or you might hate it even more, you will at least understand things better, right? For me, that's a huge thing about Star Wars in general, and that's why recently, like I said, I've opened myself up to watching the older movies that I really love and looking at the flaws. Um, spending so much time looking at the good in the sequels, it can make you trick yourself into thinking they're not that good at face value, or maybe they're not that good in general, but if you really open yourself up to the past of Star Wars and realize a lot of it, 99% of it, without a comic, without a book to explain something, it really doesn't hold together well at all. A lot of the understanding we have as Star Wars fans, if you're a, a, a super casual fan, you only watch the movies, you get that understanding from your own interpretation of connecting the line between A and B, right? You don't actually know what is between A and B, like maybe there's uh, A.5 or something. Um, you don't know what is connecting that line, you just mentally make that link yourself, right? If you open yourself up to watching that content, the, the older stuff, without any knowledge of the, the books, the games, the comics, whatever, um, you will still have the faintest idea of what happened because you've engaged with that before. But like I said, a casual fan, they don't have that knowledge, they sit down, they will much easier identify flaws or plot holes or something like that. Uh, and very commonly, people ask about it online, you know. What does Yoda mean by there is another? Is he talking about Lair or is there another... Skywalker or what's going on seems like a very simple question but them sitting down interpreting that movie was different from the I would say it's the majority of people that know what Yoda's talking about 
Um, but if you've read the books, if you've read the comics, there were other people out there at that time, and especially recently we have the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch, it makes it very, uh, and Rebels, it makes it very hard to understand that original content, um, especially if you're watching it for the first time, right? So, um, I, I just think it's really important to kind of open ourselves up to that and uh, be willing to kind of revisit it, right? Um, I am not a reader. I'm not. And there are a lot of times I force myself to read something just to get knowledge from it, like a, a finance book or a, a philosophy book. I enjoyed reading Episode 8's novel so much that I'm going to buy everything. <laughs> I'm going to give everything a chance. I bought a bunch of the Journey to Episode 8 uh, books. I bought a lot of the, the comics and stuff. I'm going to buy anything I can afford, obviously. Uh, from the sequel trilogy, I'm going to give it all a chance. I've done that with the OT content, I've done that with the prequels content. It's only logical and fair as a Star Wars fan that I do that for the sequels as well. You have to be, uh, you, you have to be fair with how you treat content and view content and consume content in order for the content to be fair to you. You cannot possibly think of uh, pointing out a plot hole unless you know that it's not a plot hole. Have you read every book? Have you read every comic? No? Then don't mindlessly hate on something. Go online, ask a question, no, open a, an open and honest question saying like, hey, is this a plot hole or can someone please explain this to me? There are so many subreddits, like Seamus says, so many subreddits, websites, forums, they will be willing to answer your questions and they will be willing to give you that knowledge in order for you to better understand the content and not just mindlessly hate on it, which a lot of people sadly do. Like I said, thinking with the heart instead of the mind. So uh, yeah, rant over for me. Sorry, that took about 10 minutes, not two, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the question originally was my opinion, which opinion do I have of Star Wars or viewpoint do I have of Star Wars that has changed the most over time? Uh, I, the, the movie I hated the most when it came out was Episode 8, right? Um, episode 9, I just really didn't enjoy. I didn't, I didn't feel any burning hatred for it because by then I had already kind of reformed myself. I wasn't this hateful guy. I was this guy who would give it a chance, right? I was just waiting for the Episode 9 book and comic and whatever. Um, but I still enjoyed it a lot less than Episode 8 my first time watching it, I'll tell you that. Um, the, the opinion I have that's changed the most is my treatment of the sequels as a whole and how I even consume content. But when episode 8 came out, I was one of those people, I hated on the movie, I said it was terrible, I didn't give it a chance. And now, we're talking uh, f three and a half years later, uh, I love that movie. It's an amazingly made movie, it's amazingly written, I can look at that from a writer perspective and I can say this was damn good, especially considering it was only written in a couple months. Right, especially considering it was only written with the knowledge of the first draft or the first finished script of episode 7. When you piece together your lore knowledge, your canon knowledge, and your behind the scenes knowledge, you will get a much better picture of how the sequels are actually painted rather than just how you perceive the painting you're looking at. So, yeah. Um... I'm going to need to catch up with the comments now. Uh, I know Lolbit was asking me to read their question. Let's go up and see that. 
Uh, do you think the Bad Batch will be able to cr capture Crosshair in Episode 8? Um, will they be able to? I think they have the capability to do so. I just don't know that they necessarily will. I don't know if the plot will allow it. You know, in terms of like raw ability, sure they can. Of course they can. They can. They have that uh, capability. Um, I just don't know if it's likely to happen. Right. That's the main kind of thing. Um, we have seen now that even Wrecker completely bashed up and you know good soldier followers, even in his trance-like state, he still absolutely destroyed those battle droids. So, therefore, we now know, like, the whole theory of how Fennec beat um, Wrecker was he's just weak and slow and not thinking straight because of his head. Now we know that's not really true because he was totally fine against the battle droids, but Fennec Shand one-hit him. She, from what we know, doesn't have the capability to do that, but she did it anyway. Uh, the writers of Star Wars are always going to write however they want, which is completely fine and acceptable. Uh, we just can't really look at our expectations and expect much to come from them in canon. So, uh, do I think it's uh, possible? Yes. Do I think it's likely? Uh, honestly, I don't think so. Um, not gonna lie, uh, so this is from uh, Mark 3 Supra. Um, not gonna lie, I'm one of those people, I know it has other formats now, I just refuse to read it. Would want to, but can't. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, um... As, so long as you're not like mindlessly hailing on the movies like this is terrible this is garbage look at this plot hole it's fine if you don't read the other stuff you don't have to it's not um it's it's not a responsibility that you have unless you're being a douchebag if you're someone who's pointing out all these inconsistencies you have to know that they're inconsistencies before you do that otherwise you're just mindlessly hating right i i don't think from talking to you you seem like a very logical person i don't think you're uh, that kind of guy at all um, but just saying in general. So, uh, like I said earlier, Seamus mentioned a subreddit called Maw Installation. Very good subreddit. Um, Seamus said that, that subreddit has really helped him understand some of the things in Star Wars that he doesn't like. Um, in doing so, giving me more of, a, of an appreciation for those things. I agree. Um, there's a lot of things we may look at and say that's dumb, like Palpatine being brought back. And you can still think that's dumb. I do. Uh, but if you get into the lore and into the knowledge, how the cloning works, like how he was planning things out, they are doing a pretty good job of tying the dots together. Um, you just have to be willing to give it a chance, even if you think it's stupid. Like I said, I still think it's stupid, but it's a lot more enjoyable and I can appreciate it a lot more now. Let me take a sip of water. Robbie Jones, welcome to the stream, my friend. How are you doing? I hope you're doing amazing. Welcome to the show. Hi, Robbie. I'm back. By Hi, way. Riley. <laughs> yeah. I was muted for like 10 minutes straight, and then I realized. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, so Mark III says um, he's not really quite a reader, which me too. Uh, but if there's something he's really into, then he'll get hooked and, and very interested. He'll need to read it. I agree. Uh, I didn't think I'd get hooked on Halo, but I read the first Halo book. I couldn't put it down. And I'm getting very impatient of waiting for Sahel to finish. I really just want to go on without him because I have a I have a Halo channel. Well, I have a sci-fi channel to run, which includes Halo, and he's not finished with the first book that I finished like a month ago. Um, that sounds like Sahel, <laughs> right? Um, but it you know, hmm? he doesn't seem to finish anything. 
Right. But in all fairness, he, he has his, I think he has finals or something. He'll be done with school in a couple of weeks. Hopefully he'll be more active then. Um, yeah. I want you guys all to know I am reading your opinions. We just don't really have the time to, uh, to read this all out loud and, and share the light on it. But I, I promise you, I am reading your comments. I'm getting your opinions. And uh, I, I'm grateful for you guys to uh, give us this chance and have this conversation. Um, I'm just reading some of the comments here. Um, so the answer, Danny memes. No, I don't know who Darth Melvin is at all. Um, So Clone Trooper says, uh, I know The Clone Wars is supposed to be a good show, but have you guys ever been easily bored or too lazy to watch a full episode, even though you tried watching it? Um, so we'll get your thoughts here, Riley, but I just want to say from the get-go that um, I, uh, I, I think the... It's a very unpopular opinion I have, but the early Clone Wars is the best Clone Wars, right? Season 1, 2, and 3 are the pinnacle of the Clone Wars content. From there on, it really just becomes a very formulaic story that throws in a bunch of uh, cool characters for the sake of having them, much like Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Um, I think that the early Clone Wars, where they were taking the most risks, was the most interesting. Um, but again, that's just my kind of... Uh, that's just my kind of interpretation on things. A, a lot of people prefer the later seasons, especially season seven. So many people love that. I absolutely hate it. But uh, yeah, that's just my opinion. I liked parts of season seven, but um, I feel like Filoni just made it as he just wanted to use it as like a uh, prequel to the Bad Batch and nothing else. I really like the finale, though. Interesting. I, uh, like, I... Um, Trace and Rafa, like, it didn't really make sense as an inclusion so late in the show. But now that they've reappeared in the Bad Batch, mm -hmm. it makes me think more that he wanted to use that final season to introduce this show. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I agree. I just think he shouldn't have, right? It's the Clone Wars. We should focus on the War of the Clones. Um, I liked their episodes. Like, they, they were a bit annoying, but I did actually kind of like their episodes for the the writing standpoint of, like, their, their goal in that show was to show Ahsoka that other people hate the Jedi too. The life on the streets is much different than she imagined. I like that perspective. Um, I just think that, you know they shouldn't have shoehorned it into season seven and even then i don't like most of season seven so uh so uh k-pop time says i just started the clone wars and stopped watching it for a few months then finally started watching it again and was so glad i finished the series uh is that like a a uh, 
desperation, like, ah, oh, it's finally over? Or is that like, wow, this is a lot better than I thought it would be, so I'm, I'm happy I finished it off, right? Uh, all K-pop times has expanded, seemingly. It's, it's the latter. They're happy that they got to watch it because they say, I feel like The Clone Wars is essential Star Wars viewing. I agree. Uh, if you're interested in, at all in the prequels, you really have to watch The Clone Wars to get a full understanding of them. Uh, um, have you seen? Uh, I think Kim Jong Un said something about like uh, hating, like he wants to exterminate K-pop because it's growing too much. What? <laughs> he called. He said something about it being like a vicious cancer or something like that. I think he has a different kind of cancer to worry about. But anyway. Um, good good luck with that, man. K-pop is billions wide on planet Earth. Uh, K-pop is certainly more popular than he is. So, um, K-pop. It's not necessarily bad, but I hate it. Right. I uh, stand stand butter, stream butter. That's all I'm gonna say. Um. So you guys are talking about Darth Melton. Um, I'm gonna. I don't know who that is. I'm just gonna talk in a general sense of uh, people who hate the sequel so much that they want to wreck on them. Uh, I understand wanting to um, kind of. Uh, I just need to go on. Do not disturb. There's so many Discord notifications. Sorry, guys. Um, I apologize for that. So uh, yeah, there there are so many people out there who just like mindlessly hate the sequels and they genuinely feel like insulted like oh my god star wars exists no way like oh my god we're getting new innovative fresh star wars content i'm gonna die this is terrible um and they're making all these clickbait videos like kathleen kennedy kathleen kennedy gets fired 10 times a day are, are you kidding me like according to these channels at least um and then freaking brie larson is playing every female character under the sun for some reason um they will do anything to get clicks. There are some of those channels that make fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a year just from their clickbait. Yeah, just just from their clickbait videos, and they are getting more views than the top creators on YouTube, right? Uh, Star Wars Theory, he's not the biggest fan of the sequels, but recently he has been going more into lore-based content. He's been kind of going back into things um, as, as a reinvigorated Star Wars fan, maybe. Um, these channels are even getting more views than him, Star Wars Explained, Eckhart's Ladder, who I, I want to say is maybe the second biggest Star Wars YouTuber right now. These people are getting so many views from the hatred, for, from the hatred, sorry, I turned English then. Um, they're, they're getting so many views from the hatred that they simply will not stop, right? It doesn't matter if their opinions change. It doesn't matter if they start loving the sequels. They're always going to tell you that they hate them. They're always going to tell you that they want them to be decanonized. They're always going to tell you that they want to fire Kathleen Kennedy, who has literally done nothing wrong uh, with the sequels. They're always going to tell you these things just because it's going to keep making them money, right? The biggest piece of advice I have for that, if you want to combat these garbage channels, make content, make good content. Become a Star Wars YouTuber, even if you make one video a year, if you don't take it seriously, make some positive content so we get more positive creativity in the air and that these channels can slowly lose their ground because they have gained it at an astronomical rate. 
they have gone from being a small subsection of the I'm sorry, you heard my stomach. They have gone from being a small subsection of the YouTube community to basically running it. These hate YouTubers combined get way more views than the overwhelming majority of the big Star Wars YouTubers, right? The people who are making interesting, innovative, lore-based, informational content are getting less money, less views, less subscriptions. They have a lower uh, quality livelihood than these people who are just spewing nonsensical hatred. So the best thing you can do to combat that is to make high quality, uh, innovative content to to combat them. Uh, K-pop Times says, do Star Wars explained hate on the sequels? No, they generally, I think, enjoy them. They definitely give the canon a chance. They're huge fans of canon. Obviously, they're smarter than probably all of us, so we combined, even just one of them. Um, they know an absurd amount of knowledge. They have it all memorized. Um, their level of love and passion for Star Wars is amazing. And um, they, uh, from, from my understanding, whether they love or hate the sequels, I think they just enjoy them, they're fine. Um, they have a love for the lore of the sequels. They have a love for kind of the opportunity that the sequels brought in terms of comics and novels and you know, like the the room to breathe that it has given Star Wars and the canon, I think they're very appreciative of and they cover it in a very positive light. So, yeah. Yeah, Seamus, I agree. So Seamus says uh, Kathleen Kennedy could have literally stopped a nuclear war and people would still be saying she's evil. I agree. Uh, she's been the poster child, I guess, for Star Wars hate. Um, but again, like I said, so many people are like, Kathleen Kennedy ruined the sequels. Kathleen Kennedy, uh, uh, what, what did she do? Uh, Colin Trevorrow, like they're saying she's responsible for this. She's the one that made him bad, right? No. I'll, I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it a thousand more, as many as I need to. It's Bob Iger. I'm not a fan of blaming one individual for all of something's shortcomings. Like you can't blame an individual for their product 100% of the time. However... It is an undisputable fact, it is a fact, that the reason the sequels did not have the time to get fully baked in the oven is because Bob Iger didn't give them enough time to bake in the oven. That's, that's, it's a simple truth. Maybe you're still going to hate Kathleen Kennedy, I can't change that, that's not my goal. My only goal is to get you to think logically about what, what, what could actually, if I'm making an omelette, right? If I'm cooking an omelette, what is the possible reason for this omelette going bad? Is it the ingredients? No, they were all pristine. They, they were all top of the line. M hundreds of millions of dollars just for an egg. Okay, it wasn't the ingredients, right? Um, is it the device I'm using to cook? No, it cost me thousands of dollars probably to get a stove um, or, or, or an oven. Nah, it, it probably isn't that, safe to say. Uh, is it the chef? Is it the human being? that's overseeing this operation, nine times out of 10, because humans are very flawed and imperfect, yes, right? If you use any form of logical thought, you will come to the decision that it was a human being in charge. So they say Kathleen Kennedy, she's the one boys, she's the one. She's the head of Lucasfilm, therefore it's her fault. However, your boss has a boss. Their boss has a boss. Kathleen Kennedy's boss's boss's boss is Bob Iger. 
it all falls on him ultimately, right? That's that's just my two cents on it. Um, Seamus says, I also really dislike that Filoni can do no wrong, or the, the Filoni can do no wrong hero worshipping in the fandom. At the moment, Filoni is a very good creator, but he's not perfect. I agree. He has an absurd amount of flaws, such as completely trashing existing canon, uh, which is not in his job description. Uh, I think there are a lot of talented creators. I wouldn't say he's more talented or less talented than Ryan Johnson or J.J. Abrams. Um, they all have the... Uh, the... Um, you know... Uh, th th they all have the ability to create awesome things. We've seen that in their careers, right? Uh, they just all haven't had the same chance as Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni has had over a decade to work on stuff, right? But, uh, spoiler alert, even if you combine the entire sequel trilogy, that's only half a decade of work. They do not have that opportunity that Dave Filoni has. Therefore, the general consensus is Dave Filoni, he's amazing. Oh my gosh, he is the leader of Star Wars. Let's make him the head of Lucasfilm. Guys, he's a creator. He's not a management guy. He's not a head of operations. He's a, he, he's a creator, a lead creator, right? He would be terrible, awful at being the head of Lucasfilm. Why do you think he hasn't taken the role, right? Do you think in his entire history, even when George Lucas was stepping down, do you think no one has ever offered him managerial stuff they probably have at some point but he's a creator he knows he's good at creating things therefore he's going to keep creating things that's his role that's his job that's what he does best that's what he's going to keep doing hopefully um if you want him to become kathleen kennedy he's never going to create star wars again he will he will never create a star wars project again in his entire life because so many people seem to forget that managing a multi-billion dollar company is an awful lot of paperwork. If he takes on that job, he will not make a single Star Wars project, I promise you, right? Like, he, that's not how that works, man. It's, it's just not how that works. Unless you're a super small company like mine, where I am the whole operation, then that's not how that works. Like, it, it simply doesn't work like that. So many people put him on a pedestal thinking he can do unbelievable things. He's a human. He can write good stories. That's it. That's it. He's good at that job because that's the only job he does. Burden him with more and you're burdening him with more. Like uh, It's like giving... Uh, let's, let's say a basket can hold 10 apples and you put in 20. You should not be upset when the apples start falling to the floor and break and get ruined. If you're going to blame that on the basket, you're done. <laughs> Sorry, you are. Right? You, you can't do that. Uh, Fatima, welcome to the stream. Sorry that I'm not with you right now. <laughs> welcome to the show, though. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Seamus. So Seamus says, uh, the idea that there is a civil war at Lucasfilm with Filoni and Favreau heroically fighting against the evil of Kathleen Kennedy is just so dumb. And I agree. Uh, she is their employer. She is their boss. And she is letting them do even more work than they were doing five years ago. She has proven time and time again she is an amazing manager of Star Wars. Star Wars has made the most money in its history with her as the manager. 
she's a good manager, right? It's a fairly undisputable fact. Just the same way that it's a fairly undisputable fact that Dave Filoni is a damn good creator, right? You cannot possibly expect him to take over that role and be good at it, let alone be good at that while also making Star Wars. It's just not how it works. Um, well, Mark III, you gotta go. Thank you so much. Sleep well. Take care of yourself. And uh, thank you for coming to the show. Um, so just curious, how, how long do you uh, plan on uh, doing this for? Because like we've decided that it's not gonna just delete it right so yeah it's gonna be a, make uh, it too long I mean, we can end it here if you want i was thinking maybe another 30 minutes at the most but uh it's up to you really uh, i mean i'm probably gonna have to go soon anyways sure we can uh we can, we can end it right here so uh right. just to answer your question real quick a little bit do you think crosshair will have a chat with hunter and the rest of the bad batch and then get saved by rex in episode 8 no uh the bad batch is 16 episodes if that happens at all, which I don't think it will, um, if, it, if it happens at all, then it'll happen at the end of the season. Hopefully it won't happen. I think that's not well written, right? Like, he magically turns up, he magically talks to them, gets saved by Rex, everything's okay. Um, I think there's going to be lasting consequences, and my personal view is that by the end of the series, however long it goes for... Uh, it will have a sad ending, and not all, not all of our characters will be there to see it, right? Um, that's what I would prefer, and that's my kind of opinion. Um, but in general, do I think that's possible for them to cram all of that in one episode? Honestly, I really don't think so. I don't think they would take the risk of messing that up, because that's kind of the main point of the show. We've never even seen them. Like, other than episode 2, I think, or maybe episode 3, it's been like a full month since we've seen Crosshair. It would be the bravest move in the history of Star Wars for them to wrap the entire plot of the show up in half of its duration. That's, that's my opinion anyway. Um, but guys, thank you for joining us for the SWE show. Whether you tuned in live, whether you came by and watched the video uploaded on our channel, honestly, we really do deeply, truly appreciate every single one of you. Uh, the way this is going to work, hopefully every Saturday, right, I, I want to at least have it done on Saturday, I'm not sure about the times, um, but every Saturday I'm going to come on here, whether it's me by myself, whether I have Riley, Sahil, Zach, one of the boys with me, or a couple of them, um, no matter the, the situation, even if it's just me by myself, we're just going to kind of sit here for an hour or two, and we're just going to have a talk about Star Wars, right? I really want to do like a talk show kind of thing, and uh, maybe eventually we can branch out to people for a a couple minutes at a time uh, they come on with us they have their time to speak and uh, produce something to the conversation and then um, you know they uh, they they leave make way for someone else and we kind of like have a, a full talk show kind of vibe where people can kind of call in give their opinions and whatever so uh, if you guys are willing to be on that journey with us if you like listening to us talk even when we sound like complete idiots um, then be sure to stick with us but other than that, guys, thank you so much for the love and support. We truly do appreciate you. Uh, thank you all for getting us to 1,750 subscribers. We definitely do appreciate that. We have something special coming maybe tomorrow if I can get it done on time. I'm not sure. Uh, but thank you, thank you guys so much for the support. We really do appreciate you. And we will see you all very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.